Welcome to the All-American Stoop Show Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined here with Willie. Howdy doody. And of course the Professor Smoke. Oh, yep, yep. It's good to be back, all the monsters. Um, today is, uh, this episode is, uh, episode number six, and we're going to be discussing the 2018 edition of Halloween. The, uh, would you call this a reboot? Um, I, I know this is at least, this is the third movie called Halloween. Yeah, I'll call it a, I guess, I mean, what I look at it as kind of a, as maybe not so much a reboot, it's just a sequel to the very first Halloween movie, as if all the other ones just didn't exist and we we're taken off from... The first Halloween. So it's not Maybe a reboot a, from the original storyline. Yeah, so yeah. it's not necessarily a, a, a reboot of the story like the Rob Zombie's 2007 movie. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, like you said, a sequel to the original, John Carpenter's original from 1978. So it's 40 years, you know, pretty much to the day that it was released, right? I think, um, mm-hmm. I forgot to look. When, when was the, this one was released on, uh, October nineteenth. Yeah, the only October reason I really remember that is because it's it's a uh, supposed to be Michael Myers' birthday within the storyline. Oh, <laughs> so okay. October. Um, the original Halloween in nineteen seventy eight was released October twenty seventh, nineteen seventy eight. Mm-hmm. So, about eight days earlier than the original. So yeah, uh, that's what we'll be discussing today. Uh, before we get into it, though, uh, be sure to you know email us with any comments or. Uh, you know, whatever you want to send to us at our um, allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. Um, we're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find us by searching for All American Spook Show. Um, so that's all that. You know, if you wanted to reach out and uh, touch someone, there's your information. Oh! Fucking microphone. Yeah, that, that, that's staying in. Yeah, <laughs> me getting plugged in the head by a fucking microphone. Um, the microphone reached out and yeah, it reached out and smacked me upside the fucking out head. You, all right. <laughs> um. So yeah, if you, if you want to comment on that bullshit or anything else, you can uh, reach us at all those platforms. Will, what have you been watching lately? Since I don't think we really talked about it on the last show, what have you been into for the last month or so? Good lord, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> work uh, uh keeping up to date with the flash uh, uh just watching random movies here and there smoke what about you any uh anything good recently movies tv theater anything uh you saw uh or watched that uh series conversations with a killer the ted bundy tapes oh yeah i haven't seen that yet uh, is that good yeah, that was that was good. It was like four episodes. Uh-huh. Uh, forget how long they were. Maybe forty-five to fifty minutes or so each. I did. Uh, I did see where there was a there was an uproar about it as far as uh, at least with the I guess the trailer that they put out for it because they I think some people were complaining that they had kind of sexualized Ted Bundy a little bit. Did you see anything about that? Was that about now? Was that about the was that about the Ted Bundy tapes, the the documentary, or is that about the new movie with like Zac Efron? Well, I think it's a little bit of both because I think like a the, bit of both. yeah, I think the net the Netflix trailer kind of played up the fact that he was kind of like a ladies' man, mm-hmm. you know, and that yeah. you would I guess they were pointing out that you wouldn't believe that this dude would do something like that, 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the whole reasoning of how he got away. Pretty much that's how he got yeah. away with a lot of what he did anyways. So yeah. I think uh, I, I kind of had that conversation with my fiance about about that because I think she was telling me about I, I wasn't sure about the Nets, uh, the documentary if that was what they were talking about too, but I knew for sure, yeah, that Zac Efron trailer, they were talking about that. Yeah, yeah that and, too, obviously. And, I mean, like, that's just the way Ted Bundy was and how he was able to, you know, coerce some of the women into the situations they got into. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, that's that kind of controversy is part of what the, the whole issue was about anyway, so. Yeah, you get a guy that looks like, you know, a Hollywood leading man like Zac Efron, you know, who's a handsome dude yeah. to play a, a, a horrible serial killer. I guess there's there's going to be some people and that he really will, nailed mm. it too. I mean, he nailed that, at least from the trailer, what I've seen. I mean, he got the mannerisms down, mm-hmm. the way of talk, speaking and, and the look and everything. I mean, he didn't nail it down. I've seen I some, it, casting it. It kind of reminds me, like, you know, people uh, bitching about it. Kind of reminds me of I'd read something not too long ago that apparently there was some sh- there was a show or something back in the fifties or sixties I think it was in the fifties that was about Billy the Kid and uh, I think they ended up having to uh, cancel the show because it was making Billy the Kid look cool <laughs> you know like he and yeah. you shouldn't look at Billy like, the Kid that being way being an outlaw was cool uh, yeah you know. yeah like you shouldn't look at him that way so they basically had to like pull the yeah. show off the air because it made him too cool. And then 30 years later, Young Guns came out. Young yeah. Guns, yes. <laughs> and made all these horrible people look really cool. Right. Everybody wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> Speaking of the song. Damn you, uh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> so any, anything else you've been watching other than the... Uh, well, was it just was it last night? Or, yeah, I think it was just last night. Uh, I saw uh, Death Smiles and a Murder, mm-hmm. which is actually the first time I'd seen that movie, but it was from a director that I... Always had a certain enjoyment factor for was uh, Jodo's Italian director named, uh, well, his real name was Aristide Massachesi. But he decided to pseudon, you know, to use a pseudonym of Joe D'Amato. Hmm. Rolls off the tongue much easier. You know? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But he's a Italian horror and cult film director and porno director. <laughs> and, uh, that's why I'm most familiar with his stuff. work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, back then, back in the 70s and 80s, that's true. There's a lot of them that were. <laughs> You know, they had a hand in all kind of genres, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Among others. But I, Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it writes itself, folks. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I've always uh, liked his movies, even though they're, he's kind of like one of the, what you might would call uh, one of the lower level echelon, or lower echelon Italian directors. You know, he wasn't, his movies weren't as well made or well known as Dario Argento's or even Lucio Fulci's, but he's down there in kind of the Bruno Matte. Claudio Fragasso mold, but but uh, usually pretty sleazy, you know. Ups the gore and sex factor in most of his movies, and this one was like ni- 1973, one of the early ones. But and it kind of combined the whole gothic horror with the Italian giallo subgenre, mm-hmm. kind of a little melding of both of those. So it was good. I liked it. But it was the first time I'd seen that one by him. I mean, the guy's directed like he's dead now, but he directed like 150 something movies, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, I'd recommend that one. I've been catching up on. I've been trying to catch up on some movies uh, myself um, from last year, 2018. So I watched uh, Hereditary, which I may or may not have mentioned that the last time, but I finally got around to watching that. Um, have you seen a movie? It's on Netflix called The Ritual. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. That was damn good. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. 
In fact, I need to go back and revisit that one. That might be one we could do maybe at some point in the future too on yeah, the show because I've only seen it back when it came out originally. Yeah, there, there, uh, there's a scene about, I guess about probably give or take about 30 minutes into the movie. It's just like, what in the hell? Like it just, it takes a left turn, man. Like from, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, a group of guys like hiking out in the woods to all of a sudden some crazy shit's going down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't shy away from the, from that supernatural factor of things going on. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's, it goes head first after that. <laughs> yeah. I also watched uh, Annihilation, uh, that movie with uh, with Natalie Portman, and uh, that was pretty good too. Have you, either of you seen that? That was more of a wide release kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed. That. I didn't see. It. I wish I'd. See, I saw it on Blu-ray, but I wish I'd seen it in the theater. It was one of those that passed it passed it by when it was theatrical release. I mean, it's it's Should've... a it's a li- it's definitely a little out there, man. But it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, oh, and Mandy on Shudder. Oh, okay. Now, the yeah, Nicholas, that one's one I still need to get around to. The Nicolas Cage mind freak? What the fuck? <laughs> All I'll say is that movie's, pro- in my opinion, it's probably about 30 minutes too long, but it's still it's still pretty wild. And I think I posted it too. Like All you need to know is that the movie starts off with a song by King Crimson and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> so that's all you need to know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm kind of slowly catching up on some movies that I didn't get to check out last year. You know, is really what I've been doing lately and some other TV shows. Yeah, you know, like thinking back now, like, because, you know, having kids and being able to actually watch TV don't really mesh. But, uh, like, I have been watching a little bit of uh, Silicon Valley. So I'm just about caught up on that. Oh, God, what's the one with Pete Holmes? Crashing. Crashing, yeah, I started watching that. Yeah, that's pretty good. I've watched the first two seasons. I know the third season just started. Um, but I've watched the first two seasons of that. That's really good. Yeah, if neither one of y'all have seen uh, Silicon Valley, man, that's hilarious. Yeah, I need to get around to that one. I've been wanting to watch it, and just it's one of those ones I haven't, you know, it's been on the back burner. I think it's about to end, though, right? Or am I wrong? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I thought I'd seen something like it's coming to the conclusion soon, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I know T.J. Miller's about to leave. Well, I think he already has, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's this season he leaves. Mm-hmm. So maybe he left at the end of last season. He's just not back this year. Yeah. What was the reason for that? He just wanted to go do something else, or was there a falling out? Or uh, he... I think I listened to a podcast, and it was just he was just ready to move on. Yeah. Uh, he decided to move to New York, and uh, I think he's focusing on you know more of a stand up and you know like doing some odds and ends things. How many episodes? You know, as far as are, movies uh... in New York. Not episodes, what I meant is how many seasons of that has there been? I think this upcoming season, I believe, is season six. Yeah, so I got some uh, uh, catching up to do. <laughs> six oh, yeah, seasons. but they're 30-minute hits. Yeah, yeah, quick. it's a lot quicker to blow through something like that than it is watching uh, uh, hour-long dramas. I, wa- I started watching, well, I'm, I'm probably about three or four episodes in on another show, which I think is only like seven episodes. It was on Showtime called Escape at Danamora with uh, Patricia Arquette, um, Guillaume... Uh, not Guillermo del Toro, Jesus Christ. The dude that was in The Wolfman. Help me out. Oh, Benicio del Toro? Benicio del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was one of those del Toros. Yeah. Benicio del Toro, Patricia Arquette, and uh, Paul Dano, I think. It, man, that's really good. You know, the collector. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. I, I would uh, recommend it for sure. I mean, it's not horror or anything, but, you know, it's, it's basically a, a prison escape, you know, show but it's really good and it's it's fairly short too that it's hour long hour plus long episodes but there's only seven of them so you know it's not too bad and i'm only like maybe three or four in but it's really good 
Um, I'm about a. Uh... I'm about two-thirds of the way through the first episode of Runaways on uh, Hulu. Still haven't watched any of those yet, either. Dude, I'm so far behind on, like, Marvel shows. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Have uh, y'all seen all the... Have y'all caught up theatrically to, I guess, what's out as as far as Aquaman, Bumblebee? Yeah. uh, The Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse. That was three that I've seen. I can't remember if I saw them before the last podcast, but that's definitely the last three movies I saw in the theater anyways. I still have not seen Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse yet, but I had, I did get a chance to go see Aquaman and Bumblebee, and I enjoyed yeah. them both. Yeah, I did too. I actually go so far with trans, with Bumblebee as saying that's probably my favorite Transformers you, movie in live action. You know what? I might agree. I think I might agree with you, man. It was good. <laughs> No, I'm not giving anything extreme away here, but that first that first little like fifteen twenty minutes of that movie, yeah, on Cybertron, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm like, oh, this yeah. this is yeah. fucking gold. <laughs> yeah, that was that was yeah. yeah. Oh my god, like, like I don't want to. I know we're not gonna not give me kind of spoilers away on those types of movies, but yeah, but yeah, that they did, I think all that was done right and done well, and the characters were done well the way I'd want to see them. Yeah, do. exactly. Yep. If, if you've ever at any point, if you've ever mm-hmm. at any point in your life enjoyed Transformers and didn't necessarily dig the movies so much, this one will probably yeah. scratch your itch a little better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was about. And I think the storyline was just fine and everything too. Yeah, but yeah, it definitely had to do with the fact that it, the time period, it goes back to and takes place in 1987. And yeah, yeah, it's in the 80s. So you got all that too, and I mean music, and it just all that stuff clicked for me for sure. Oh yeah. And uh, and I thought that it did, the storyline was great too. So. Mm-hmm. It all made sense, and it fits into the other stuff too. You know, I think yeah. it I think it does fit into the other movies as well. But you know, obviously, uh, many years before that. But yeah, I, yeah, they did a great job with that one. Whoever, whoever. But then again, I don't think well Michael Bay. He might have been a producer or something, but I don't think he really had anything to do with that one, did he? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was the color palette overly uh, orange and blue? Because uh, if no, it they, was, then he's they, definitely in it. They toned it down. <laughs> it, I, I, I agree with you, though, Smoke. I think it was probably the best Transformers movie there's been. Um, there yeah, was a, I really dug Aquaman, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. No oh, question oh. about that. Yeah, you saw that, too, Will, right? Yeah, the one thing that, that stuck out with me with Aquaman is... Uh, I don't think this is, again, like a big thing in it, but I think it's like the first 20 minutes, you know, it's got like the young versions of his parents. Mm-hmm. And why didn't they just get random people to play the young versions of them? <laughs> you know, DC has a thing about that. <laughs> I don't know Clearly they do, because like, like the guy, uh, which I'm pretty sure was uh, Jenko Fett, Yeah, right? it was, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy, like when when she's leaving, and they're standing out on the the pier, the he, dude is so CG. I, I I thought it was just completely a CG person at that point. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was so distracting to me. Well, her too. I mean, I think they did a pretty good job on her, but her, you know, Nicole yeah, yeah, Kidman, her was, too. She was better, but he looked like he looked like a straight up cartoon. Big for cartoon. A minute. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely. I mean, like, the, overall, I thought the movie was great, but that one part, man, it really <laughs> jumped out to me. Yeah, and I, I was, I was like one of those people that went and saw Justice League, not knowing about the whole Henry oh. Cavill mustache. I wish to and, God, uh, I, yeah. I wish to and the I, good I, Lord I above that I did not know that when I went and saw that. I went. I, I didn't know about it, so 
me and Josh get out of the movie, and we walk out just like, I was, I thought it was good, but what was up with his face? <laughs> oh man, I was, so, I was so, you know, I'm not gonna say pissed, but it's definitely aggravating. And I was, uh, when I went and saw Aquaman a couple weeks ago, when we came home, Justice League was on, like HBO or something, and I watched like the last, I don't know, thirty, forty five minutes of it. And man, that that fucking CG out mustache faced Superman, I'm sitting there like, damn it, they ruined this movie, because it's just <laughs> it's too obvious. Like it's just it's it yeah. keeps smacking I mean, you in the head. The theater, especially on the bit on a big oh yeah in the theater. yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh right my god. Like, and then it yeah, also now, tell- now they've gotten to the point where they're not gonna you know like he's not Superman anymore. Yeah, that's true. And it also tells you how uh, much they went and reshot. Of that yeah. movie too, because remember they shot the movie, and then basically uh, Zack Snyder went away, and they brought in uh, Joss Whedon. Whedon, and he supposedly it was just a bunch of reshoots to do this, this, that you know, ch- tweak this and this. But dude, I mean, like it's all over. It's all over that movie. They didn't just do a couple little touch-up reshoots, man. They reshot that fucking movie. Meanwhile, he had to keep the mustache because he was in a uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Yep. It was something about, but, so I guess at the end you need to blame Paramount. I think it was Paramount who, uh, who did that. They wouldn't let him shave it. You know, I haven't seen like the last couple of Mission Impossible movies, but I've heard that uh, that particular one that he's in that you're, we're talking up referencing was way better, probably way better than Justice League. So, go figure. <laughs> um, there was also a, a bit of sad news. Uh, I think it was uh, on Thursday. Uh, January, no, it was on Wednesday, January 30th, uh, veteran actor Dick Miller died. I don't know if any, either of you guys saw that. Yeah. Um, Yes, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. You might remember him most from Gremlins. You know, the old dude next door in Gremlins. But the dude was in like a thousand movies. He was in a ton of movies and always playing those types of little, you know, supporting roles or whatever. Or not even necessarily supporting roles, just walk-on roles, but you always... Knew who it was as soon as he walked in. Oh, scene. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chopping Mall. I think he started. Yeah, Chopping Mall, yeah. <laughs> he's only in it for like five minutes, but that, that little bit he's in, it's gold. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And I, I can't I'm not sure how many movies he actually was a star in, but I know for sure Roger Corman's Bucket of Blood, he was the, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, he was the main star. I see, like a little, back I see like a little small list here. Obviously, you know, know him the most from uh, Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Um mm-hmm. But uh, he was also in, uh, yeah, he starred as Walter Paisley in the cult classic A Bucket of Blood. Um, in projects such as Fame, even James Cameron's The Terminator, you know, the first one. Um, oh, yeah. He was also in The Burbs, The Howling, Piranha, oh, yeah. The Hole, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the original from 1960, The Terror, Death Race 2000, Twilight Zone the Movie. Chopping Mall, Night of the Creeps, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. <laughs> That's one we should talk about. <laughs> as well as Night of the Creeps, too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, <laughs> look, I, probably, look, at one one time or another, we'll probably get around to all of these. But, yeah, that just oh, yeah, that just yeah. goes to show you the body of work. I mean, and that's probably just touching the surface. I mean, this... Oh, this, yeah. Um, if, if you're listening and you don't know who this dude is, trust me, you've seen him. You just need to see a picture of him and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's him. See, so yeah, that was pretty sad to hear that uh, 
he passed away. He lived the uh, he lived the good life. So there you go. Um, yeah, I guess uh, a little bit getting away from uh, uh, you know the, the the general talk of the podcast. Uh, Smoke, you recently uh, went to a, a con, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I went to uh, Days of the Dead in Atlanta. So that was uh, this past Saturday, and uh, that's probably the the third year, maybe third, maybe fourth year that we've gone. And uh, they usually have some pretty really good guests there. This time it was uh, Doug Bradley. It's kind of a Hellraiser sort of reunion. Doug Bradley was there. Uh, uh, Clyde Barker and Barker. This is the second convention I've been to where Barker's been. Because the first one I went to back in '92. Fangoria Weekend of Horrors in L.A. Uh, was actually the Linnea Quigley was at Days of the Dead too, and the last time I saw her was at that uh, Fangoria Con- Weekend of Horrors convention. So, did you get a chance yeah, to cool. meet uh, Clive Barker? No, unfortunately, this is the second convention I've seen him at, and the second time that I didn't actually get to meet him because his line was well, the first convention in '92. It was, I mean, he had a long line, of course, but it, and it was pretty much either I was going to have the chance to meet and talk with uh, either Argento or, or Clyde Barker, and I chose Argento. So. Uh, that was probably... Yeah, this time... That's arguably yeah, that a better the, choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often... I, mean, I don't know how often Dario Argento uh, hangs around these conventions, but I think he'd probably be more... Yeah, yeah. He'd probably be more <laughs> apt to meet Clive Barker than Argento. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, and Barker's been at a few others, maybe. That's the only two I happen to have gone to that he's been at, but I, yeah, he does get around a little bit more to conventions in the U.S. than yeah. Argento does, for sure. And uh, uh, his line, too, was yeah, getting long this time. So we, I saw him, but didn't actually you know, meet him and get him to sign anything or take a picture with him or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Linnea Quigley, that was awesome. Uh, of course, she was, you know, trash in the Return of the Living Dead in our last episode. Yeah. Many he- other 80s horror movies that she was a, a screen queen in. So. Mm-hmm. That was cool. We talked with her for a good... I don't know, 20, 20, 25 minutes or so about what well, I told her about the 92, and that was, that was the first time I met her. And uh, that she signed a poster out of uh, Gore Zone magazine. I don't know if y'all remember Gore Zone, which was like the sister publication of Fangoria, which was, of course, more, you know, covered more of the splatter movies and things. A little bit more gorier than Fango, Fango was. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a posters in there. She had a cover photo on one of them, and then a, I think it was a four pager pull out poster. So back in '92, that's what I had her sign. So talking about that, I think the scene was from, uh, I think it was from her horror workout video. That was another big thing in the eight. <laughs> A fucking horror workout video. <laughs> yeah, Linnea Quigley's horror workout video. That would be so awesome it a lot if it of was running just running and tripping. And crying. <laughs> that would be so awesome <laughs> if you just put the tape in and hit play, and then it's like, uh, "Welcome to the workout, run!" And that's it. <laughs> Thank it you for pretty, purchasing this video. We're talking about the old days of conventions when they actually got paid very well they, to come to the conventions, the actors and stuff, and then they would get put up in the hotels by the promoters of the conventions. So, mm. so as opposed to today where they pretty much don't get paid. So that's why they're having to charge so much money for autographs or for pictures, photo ops, and things of that nature. But I bet a lot of those people, especially someone like her, they probably make a fair amount of money doing the i mean like if even if you just did those like every other weekend somewhere in the you know somewhere mm-hmm. in the world or in the United States i mean you would do pretty well man i mean like yeah. how how much is it on average to get an autograph probably at least 30 40 at least i think it, yeah it depends like if you if you bring your own item 
Uh, I mean, because say it ranges for different actors, I'm sure, but maybe on average, you might still pay like thirty dollars or so if you bring your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you buy one of their, usually they'll have either an eight by ten headshots or they'll have eight by ten photo of a scene that they're in. Like for instance, I got Linnea's uh, the scene from Return of the Living Dead, which uh-huh. I got posted it on the on the page. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know the the famous the, scene. The, yeah, the tombstone dancing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but these, you buy something like that, you usually get. You might be looking at uh, forty, fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. But it would come with a photo too. Like you'll, they'll usually most of the times take a photo, like a selfie type photo, or somebody with your phone. You know, hold it, take a picture of them. Yeah, you with them type deal. That usually comes with that. So it's, uh, and then sometimes they'll do a photo op, which is they'll be in a, they'll be a professional photographer in like a backdrop of some kind. They might be in a costume from one of the movies or whatever. Like Kane Hodder would, was Jason for his mm-hmm. photo op, and some like you know vice versa. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure if I don't remember if Linnea Quigley did one. I know that uh, Amelia Kincaid she was there, and uh, she was in Nine of the Demons, mm-hmm. the original, well the first three. Yeah, and she did a photo op with the black dress from the movie. So, and that was one of the other photos. I don't, I don't think I posted that on. I posted it on my Facebook page, but I don't think I posted it on the the uh, All American Spook Show page yet. Mm-hmm. But, but she happened to be coming out, I guess, of doing a photo op. And was you know sitting back at the table, but she hadn't changed out of the black dress yet. So, you know, had her sign something, took a picture. That's cool. But then we just like, oh, we got to have one with the, with the black dress. Yeah. So you were able to uh, talk to uh, Linnea Quigley and Bill Mosley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Mosley is cool. He's he's a he does a lot of the conventions. So we've probably seen him. I don't know, maybe four or five times. Yeah, at different you know different shows. So he might even yeah, remember he's... you at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the last time we saw him, forget which which convention it was, but where he gave us a uh, yeah the a pack of matches from like from uh, I think it was Devil's Rejects the bar or the club scene or. What's the name of that club right now? But but it was a, a pack of matches that was u- like used in the movie uh-huh. or made from the movie. Oh, and Sid Hag, he was there too. Yeah, I got to meet him at a Mad Monster party. Uh, oh, back in 2016, 2017, something. I think maybe it was 2017. That was cool. Was that the one? That was the one with. Is that the one that was in Rock Hill? Yeah, yeah, that was the one that was uh, yeah. outside of Charlotte and Rock He's Hill. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't get to go to that. That was like later on in the evening or something. But yeah, I got to meet him. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Uh, hear about that? Yeah. That <laughs> they have like a party like on that Saturday night or something, and he was the bartender. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah, well, cool. Was... I I know the Mad Monster Party is coming back here to Charlotte, um, and at, at the end of this month in February, um. Yeah. But I also saw the Days of the Dead was coming back here in September, I believe it is. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, because they had changed it. It was originally. Yeah. It was earlier. Than that. I can't remember what day it was, but they they just recently moved it to September. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was in April or May or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah I don't know what the reasoning was on that, but kind of works out for us because uh, we were going to go to that one too, but we were also wanting to go to. There's, there's another event coming up in whatever that weekend it was. I can't make, I can't remember the exact day right now, but whatever that weekend that. I think it was in May. There's a the, the 80s splat, or slasher splatter movie, The Mutilator. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all seen that one. It was oh, a shot in uh, was it on the beach in North Carolina up there. And uh, I forget exactly where it was, but it was 
they're going to be shoot or showing the mutilator in the actual beach house where the movie was shot. Oh, that's cool. Or outside of the beach house where the movie was shot. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love that movie. So I think we were going to try and do that. So that kind of works out for us that they <laughs> that they, they got to September. In September yeah. And they have to either do one or the other, or you know, one day at the convention and go to that, and then back to the convention on Sunday or something. Maybe we can. Uh... Maybe one of these things is coming around. We, you know, that's in our general area. We can try to get up, you know, get together and uh, maybe record an on on premises podcast or something like that. When yeah, that would that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Will are you still alive? No. Oh shit. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and post some of those things too on the uh, on the page on the like some of those events I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, later yeah, yeah. Check it. And... Post it up, you know, for uh, anyone else out there that might want to. You know, come to the area, the general Carolinas area. Um, they might be interested, or anyone around here that's listening. So, yeah, well, yeah. you can put that up. I guess we'll uh, go ahead and throw to the trailer for uh, the 2018 version of Halloween. Testing one, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Dad, look out! The bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go home! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman. He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? All right, and that was the trailer. Um, so I guess before we dive into the you know the ins and outs and the play-by-play and spoilers and all that, um, Will, what was your initial 
thoughts on this movie? Uh, it was it was pretty good. Uh, it to me, it definitely seems like it's part of the uh, Me Too movement <laughs> that's been going on. Woman power. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, nothing wrong with that. Just <laughs> no, but you can. That, it... that was like the first thing that popped into my head. Like as soon as the movie was over, it was just like, huh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They're diving in. They're not shying away, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Smoke, what do you what do you have to say about it? Your initial thoughts when you saw it in the theater? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'll go about that. Yeah, the initial time I saw it, and, and also probably a good time to mention I I talked to uh, on uh, the Film Find podcast with Adam shortly after I saw the movie, and that first time I saw it, in, which was in the theater, my initial reaction at that point was I was pretty much kind of disappointed with it, mm-hmm. and on that podcast that's pretty much what I went into was why I didn't necessarily think it carried on the tradition of Halloween as well as I had wanted it to or or live up to the expectations I had for it at that time but I also mentioned that I needed to see it a second time just to let it sink in have no expectations or all those expectations already out the first viewing so, mm-hmm. so I'll leave it before we get into it I'll leave it at that that my first viewing of it I was a little disappointed and didn't uh, didn't think it lived up to my expectations at the time. But so saw you, it again in the theater, and now this time will be the third time I've seen it. So if you want to hear Smoke's early feelings on this movie, like, you know, as soon as he had seen it, you go listen to the film, find, find that episode. I'm, I'm kind of the same. Um, I actually didn't get, I never, believe it or not, I never got a chance to go to the theater to see it. I was just too busy doing this, that, and the other thing, and I just never got a chance to see it in the theater. So when the Blu-ray came out, you know, I, I ran out and bought it and uh, watched it, and I've seen it a couple times now, and uh, I think my initial reactions were kind of the same. Like, I don't know if I necessarily feel felt all that great about it, um, living up to the, to the legend of all the other yeah. movies, but, you know, you, you almost have to put all you've seen aside in a way other than the first one right i mean you yeah, kind of have to like yeah. none of that happened just let's yeah, just yeah. throw that over there you know <laughs> and then look at it from then, that perspective you know yeah which yeah. is just which throw is, all the other sequels out the window and just go with it as being as if the first halloween is the only one that has ever existed so which is hard because there's been how many like uh you had the first six, and then H two O, right? That's seven, H2O, yeah. and then the two Rob uh-huh. Zombie movies. Well, there was another one in there too. Which one was the one in the house with the cameras, kind of like a reality show camera thing? Um, that one. Was that according that, to what I'm looking at here? There was Halloween. Let's see. Well, there's two, and then Halloween three. one, two, four, five, six, and then two, and then the second run of it was Halloween one and two, and H two H two O. Uh, Resurrection. Resurrection? Maybe, that might be one I Maybe, thinking. I think that's the one you're thinking of, H2O. I think H2O did did have that, right? No, no, H2O, I think it was one, well, Jamie Lee Curtis was in H2O. Yeah, right? That yeah. was the one that was 20 years later, or whatever it was. Yeah, 98, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but the one I was thinking of was, it was I, I did not like it at all. <laughs> but it was, it was in a house, a certain amount of kids, these, I don't know, not teens, whatever, 20 year olds, something in a house, and I don't remember what the premise was, other than, there were cameras around the house to watch them, kind of like a Big Brother type situation. Mm-hmm. Like they were living in the house and, or real world type thing. And then Michael Myers shows up because the house is in Haddonfield and everything. And I, don't, I don't remember the premise exactly as to why or 
what the, if they were set up in the Myers house or what. But I just remember that part. I, was, I remember it not liking okay. it that much. So I've only ever seen that that one time, I think, in the theater when it came All right. out. All right, so <laughs> I have it here. We have the original in 1978, Halloween 2 in 1981, then Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which has nothing to do with Michael Myers. So you you know nothing to do with Michael Myers, but I think a great movie on its own. Oh, no doubt. I th- I just think that, I think they should have just called it Season of the Witch, though. Yeah, I, I understand yeah. what they were trying to do, but they should have just yeah. not. It shouldn't have had anything to do with Halloween. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, then there was Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers in '88, Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers in '89, Halloween: The Curse of Michael Myers in '95, mm. Halloween H2O: Twenty Years Later that in '98, and okay. Halloween Resurrection, you're right, there you go. That was 2002, and that's the one you're you're thinking of, I think. Okay. Um, and then the two Rob Zombie, Halloween, Halloween yeah. 2, and 07 and 09, and now this one. So so that's been how many? Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Eight movies, not counting the third one, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot, getting back to the original point, there's a lot of uh, baggage coming into this. It's kind of hard to sweep under the rug because there's so much of it. That being said, you know, I've tried to put that to the side, and I think I definitely enjoyed it a little bit more the second time I watched it. You know, kind of like you said, now that you kind of get that out of your system, you know, you can kind of sit there and watch it for what it is. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I did too. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, the second time around, I was like, okay, so this is it. This is what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, you know, no more preconceived notions of what I wanted it to be. Definitely did enjoy it more the second time around. All right, so uh, with all that being said, now we can get down to some of the numbers. Ooh. Um, it was released October 19th, 2018. The total runtime is one hour and 46 minutes, and I think it does move pretty quick. It doesn't drag very much at all. Nah. Mm-mm. You know, it paces pretty Definitely well. Definitely, and pacing, yeah, as well. Um, it's listed as a horror slash thriller, no surprise. No uh, sneaky comedy getting in there for some reason. Um, <laughs> it stars Jamie Lee Curtis, who reprises her you know iconic role as Laurie Strode. Um, Judy Greer as Karen, that's uh, Laurie Strode's daughter. Um, Andy Matichak as Allison, that's Laurie's granddaughter. Um, James Jude Courtney and Nick Castle as The Shape slash Michael Myers. Um, now Nick Castle was the original Michael Myers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also Nick Castle, my, while we're talking about it, might as well mention he's like the a director in his own right. Directed one of my favorite non-horror 80s movies, The Last Starfighter. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with The Last Dragon, two completely different movies. No, but yet again, another like, if I had to make a <laughs> list of non-horror movies that were in my top, you know, I don't know top 20 or so last starfighter and last dragon would definitely be in. they're two of my favorite movies that start with the last that's right <laughs> what about the last samurai you shut up um it also the last dance uh, uh no the last picture the last action hero <laughs> and now that's one of my favorites last action hero there <laughs> yeah that no that, that is an underrated movie yeah oh i've always said it yeah, Willie calls yep. me a lying son of a bitch, but I'm telling you, it's an underrated movie. I've never, I've never said anything. You about shut it. up! I told you. Um, <laughs> it also stars uh, Haluk Bil- Biljener as Doctor Sartain. 
Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, it was directed and written by David Gordon Green, and it was also written by Jeff Fraley and Danny McBride. Kenny Powers himself wrote this movie. <laughs> Which I, I remember when they announced that this was going to happen, I was like, well, that's weird as shit. But yeah, 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 I thought so too. Whatever it takes to get it done, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was produced by uh, Malik Akkad, who is the son of Mustafa Akkad, who was the original um, producer of the. Uh, I guess he, I'm assuming he has some type of ownership of the franchise or something, right? Or the family, the Akkad oh, yeah, family. Yeah, I, I think he's one of the original producers, right? That was yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Mustafa Akkad was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is his son who's producer on this, and uh, Jason Bloom, you know, from uh, Bloom House Productions, he's also a producer on this, and it was a, a Bloom House movie. Once again, you know, he and Bloom House has put out, put out a lot of good shit over the last ten years, like a lot of the better horror movies of the last what five to ten years. Have been out of Bloomhouse, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, as far as uh, as far, definitely as far as as going through Hollywood in the in the wide release system. Yeah, definitely. at least as far as the probably some of the ones that have made the most money, at the least, right? Yeah. We could say that. Yeah, definitely. As to what it's subjective as to whether you enjoyed every one of them or not, but yeah. like what, like Get Out, <laughs> I think that was one. Um, and I'm sure. Yeah, oddly you know, enough, I still haven't seen that. Oh, you definitely yeah. need to see that one. Now, yeah, that's. I will say it's. I will say it's not a uh, a scary movie. More of a thriller. Like it's more of a suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. those things. It's just not exactly what you you know expect yeah. <laughs> out of your horror movies. True. That's there all I'll say. There's a point where I guess there's a point where it delves into straight horror. I guess you could say. Yeah. Certain, yeah. I mean, there, without giving anything away. It's there. Right, there's elements it, there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not your. It's not like this. Yeah. Like no one will ever compare Halloween to Get Out. No, it's two different <laughs> kinds of, two different kinds of horror thrillers. There, that, I'll say that much. Um, but I would definitely recommend. Although, it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, me too. Definitely. And I'm sure we'll get around to it at some one point or another. You know, within the next right. year or two, I'm sure. Um, yeah, because he's got a new movie coming out now too. The, yeah. Um, Jordan Peele, right? Uh, us, yeah, I think it's called yeah. Us, right? The new. Now I've heard that. that yeah, was... I think it's called Us. Now I've heard that one's going to be a horror movie, like yeah, you yeah. know, your more traditional yeah. horror movie. And isn't he going to uh, take over the Twilight Zone? Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's going to have a, a hand in uh, bringing that back. So yeah, it was. It also, you know, we're we're from uh, South Carolina, all three of us. So this was a, a important little nugget too. That this best I can tell, this movie was pretty much entirely filmed in South Carolina, down in Charleston. Um, it looked like Charleston, North Charleston, and Hanahan, South Carolina. So that was also kind of a cool little thing for us, at least, that, you know, this this movie was filmed not too far away from where we live. It's a lot closer to smoke, though, right? How, how far is Charleston from you? Well, it's about a little, little around an hour or so. Yeah. An hour. Well, that part of Charleston, like downtown area, yeah, about an hour. Yeah, I think it takes about three hours from where we live, give or take. So it's a lot closer to you, but yeah, still that's pretty cool that it's not too far away to to visit any of these sites if you feel like doing it. Um, I'm going to at some point. We were going to uh, going to do that with uh, my fiance and her daughters. We were going to go trick or treating in that area where it was shot, but we didn't get down there in time to uh, scout it out first to see cause if that was even feasible. So we went to another 
Another cool area in Charleston to do trick or treats. Yeah. Maybe next year. Or on IMDb, it was uh, rated 6.7 out of 10 stars. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, it was has uh, 328 reviews, and it's got an 80%, which is certified fresh. So the critics love it. And the audience score is 73%. So you can see where I'm going with that. You know, you just look at those numbers for, just from those two websites. You can. It seems to me, at least, that the critics probably love this movie a little bit more than... The fans did. So, with that, the Rotten Tomato synopsis. Jamie Lee Curtis returns to her iconic role as Laurie Strode, who comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. All right, uh, any other tidbits or anything before we dive into it, guys? I think pretty sure we covered it, more, unless I think it's some more as we go, but not at the moment. Yeah, okay. We good. <laughs> Bert, we're okay, Bert. Hey, Bert, let's burn the bodies, Bert. It's a good question, Bert. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, if y'all didn't listen to the last podcast, uh, just go ahead and stop and go back and listen. To that. <laughs> yeah, so you'll, you'll get the references. <laughs> go refer to episode five of the All American Spook Show podcast. <laughs> Three years Bert, Bert, we're still doing Bert, the Bert, Bert episode. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> that episode will live on forever. Because right. if y'all didn't see it, then you already know now that we were, we did Sesame Street on that particular. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfectly appropriate because we were talking about the return of the living dead. So, yes. <laughs> um, all right. So away we go. Halloween 2018. Um, you have the opening credits, you know, just the kind of the produced by Miramax, blah, 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 kind of screen. Which I would like to, to mention. That was a super simple premise, but uh, just the, the, the credits, like rolling back a decaying uh, pump. Oh no, no, no! We haven't like got to, we haven't gotten to that okay. part yet. This is like the opening opening credits where you see okay. the, you know, just the, uh, uh, oh, the studio credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah just and then it cuts to these uh, podcasters, like two British people. They arrive. Oh, yeah. They arrive to Smith Grove. I think they call it a rehabilitation hospital, but it's a loony band. Right, that's pretty much what it, yeah. it's a mental hospital. Um, <laughs> they come to they want to see Michael Myers. He's he's a patient there. Um, they go in and this is where they meet Doctor Sartain, um, who is uh, a student of Doctor Loomis. Now you know if you know the original movie, or a lot hell most of the original movies, Doctor Loomis. But in this particular case, all you need to know, like I said, is the first movie. Doctor Loomis mm. was Michael Myers' doctor for what like twenty some you know twenty odd years. Before the, you know, because yeah. he does the killing when he's a child. He's like six or seven years old, right? He kills his sister. They lock him in the uh, mental hospital, and Dr. Loomis becomes his doctor. And he's the one that treats him for like 15, 20 years. Whatever the gap is, I don't recall. In the first one, from the time he's a kid to the time that the 1978 movie, what is it, like 20 years? Yeah, because I forget, is it 1950, it's the end of the 50s, right? Yeah, so it's probably yeah, like, it about 58 yeah, so. it's probably late 50s, you know, when he, he first starts his, you know, his first kill, I guess, you know, kills his sister, but, yeah, so Dr. Loomis is the one that uh, is his doctor in the original movie that, um, you know, has to chase after him after he breaks out in the first movie. This guy, Dr. Sartain, is a student of Dr. Loomis, who becomes, I guess, the new Dr. Loomis, you know, I'm assuming after uh, Loomis, what did they say? I think they explained it away. Like he went on to, he kind of came to his conclusions and went away. 
Right, retired, well, he, whatever. Well, he died, yeah, I guess in, in the storyline. I think they mentioned something about the, about him being the late Dr. Loomis or when he was still alive. They mentioned something like that. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't remember exactly if they explained it. Like, he, he just died of old age or, or died like yeah, he oh, did yeah, in yeah. the uh, original, so, yeah, you know, I don't remember that. But, um, but yeah, that's that's who Dr. Loomis is, and Sartain is his student. So he's taken over uh, being Michael Myers' doctor. Um, so they, they, they take the uh, podcasters outside the journalists, whatever, they go outside and they have them chained. It's like this chessboard courtyard and they have all the patients like chained to these squares all in this courtyard, which I thought was really like, how many mental hospitals would you see that would do something like that? (laughs) Probably not too many, but for a visual aspect, it was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Well, the visual movie wise, (laughs) it's it's awesome. But in reality, like what kind of mental (laughs) hospital is this? And the one that they're going to transfer him to apparently is worse than this. So God knows. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, that, that one that was going to be black and white checkerboard stuff. Yeah. Oh God. That'll Less chess, s- more checkers. That'll set him off. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So, so the podcasters are like talking to him, trying to trying to get Michael to say something, and they pull out the mask, and he's got his back turned to him. He never turns around and looks at him, but um, he has his back turned to them, and he pulls out the mask and he's holding it up, and then it's like he he kind of gets a reaction out of him, like he kind of looks over his shoulder a little bit, or you know. Um, but I thought it was weird that like all the other um, patients just start losing their mind. At this point, I, once again, I guess it's a cool visual, but like, why? Why are they, why are they losing their mind when the dude pulls the mask out? Because they know that Michael has moved or something. I mean, what causes them to do this? Is my question. Well, I, I guess they're, they're, I think they're kind of focusing in this movie that that he's like pure evil, yeah. and uh, I guess they're just feeding off of that energy. Yeah, that was my assumption. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think that's, and I think it's. Probably a good time to mention about, like you were saying with Michael Myers, they, you, you only see a little bit of his side of his profile here or there or the back of his head or something. You never really yeah. see his full-on face. And even in all the movies, I mean, you can go back to the first movie. There's a scene where his ma- he gets unmasked. I think him and Laurie Strode are fighting. He gets unmasked, and he quickly pulls the mask back on. You kind of see his face, a really quick glimpse. Like, they made that movie back before. They had people with VCRs pausing it and freeze-framing it. And yeah. Seeing it, but <laughs> watching the theater. It goes by so fast that you almost think you see him, and you kind of do, but not enough to really get a profile of him or anything. So, and I, and I, I get so many people too that when you talk about talking about horror movies, and if they're just kind of casual viewer, they're like, "Well, how come they never show Michael Myers' face?" You know? But if you're into the horror movies and you know the the plot lines and everything, and what I guess the symbolism is about, well, they definitely is, did, they definitely did a good job of you know avoiding that for sure i mean all you see is just the corner of his eye or yeah you know his, his uh, jaw every now and then. you see enough to see that like he's got like a white beard right um, yep. and his yeah. eyes kind of fucked up 
but, but mean, he's supposed just... to represent the boogeyman anyway. So it's like, yeah, he's supposed to be the proverbial boogeyman. You don't, you're not supposed to necessarily see his face. Yeah, and even face. even like if I'm not mistaken, I think even in the credits they don't call him Michael Myers; they call him the Shape. The Shape, yeah. yeah. Which that's again going back to the first movie because they they may have credited him as Michael Myers in some of the sequels. Yeah, but the very first one, it was just the Shape. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um. But the guy, the guy holds the mask out, and everybody, you know, the, uh, all the other patients starts freaking out. And there's one guy screaming, "Fika whoa, Fika whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, um, that was way funnier than it had any business being. Um, well, I almost the- expected Elmer Fudd to jump up doing the opera. <laughs> 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 and the guy says, "Say something, Michael. Say something," and then boom. Yeah, Halloween. that was amazing in the theater. Yeah, too, yeah. That part. I bet. Um, yeah. Especially with the sound cranked up, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah that. And that's where what Willie just referenced a minute ago, the credits. That's where you see the credits with the pumpkin. Like an like an unrotting pumpkin. Yeah, it's going in backwards time lapse. So I'm guessing yeah, it's yeah, almost... I it cool. I guess it's almost supposed to symbolize, like, you know, evil is back kind of thing, right? Like, uh, you know, it was dormant, now it's rising. The Phoenix Rises. That, so that's speak. the exact pumpkin from the first movie, too. <laughs> I mean, for, yeah, know, with the way they it, cut it. Like yeah. That, the, yeah, the carving of it is the exact yeah. same. Yeah, I, I did notice that where, like, the cut goes from, like, the mouth to the nose. It looks exactly like that one. Um, Which kind of, to me, look, kind of looks like a butcher's knife, really, where right. the nose comes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. A, um, so then, you know, that during the whole credits, it does that. You know, you hear the music. Uh, the pumpkin is kind of like going from rotten to hole again, you know, the lights in it and everything. Then it cuts to, uh, you see the words Haddonfield, Illinois on the screen. And it goes back to the podcasters. Uh, they're going down the road and they go to, uh, find Lori Strode and they pull up to this gate. She's, she's, uh, she's, uh, now I guess kind of become like a, a weirdo survivalist type person. And she's living in like a, a gated compound out in the middle of nowhere. They pull up to this gate and uh, they want to talk to her and she's not really responding. And then they offer her three thousand dollars and she opens the gate. Um, Just like anybody else would. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, that was realistic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's going to turn down three thousand dollars for a small interview? So they go in and they talk to her and uh, they're kind of questioning her about you know what happened you know so many years ago and how it's been since then and everything. Uh, it seems to be going pretty well. And then all of a sudden uh, the, the lady asks her like. So about how they took your kid away, uh, you know, how so- social services came and your t- took your kid away, and then she's all right, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> like they they had a decent thing going there until she had to open up her fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why would you? Why would you bring that part of it? Yeah. Maybe, you know, a like, bit more gentler way of saying that. <laughs> you haven't gotten clearly haven't gotten really anything but maybe one or two questions out, and then you ask that. What the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so it was a real three thousand dollar wad too soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was her money, so yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess she was into wasting it. Real um, life lessons <laughs> learned in there, you know. Like you go to a dinner party where somebody just got divorced. Like three questions in, they'll say, "So, uh, how's single life?" <laughs> so yeah, then it, then it cuts to uh, like you, you're kind of introduced to uh, Lori's family. Her uh, daughter Karen, her granddaughter Allison, and her uh, son-in-law Ray, uh, Karen's husband. Um, and it was funny too. Like they're kind of just talking about, you know, setting the scene, talking about this and that. And he's messing around with some mouse traps, 
and one of them goes off and kind of clips his finger, and then, <laughs> and then I guess he was putting peanut butter on. It. He says, "Oh, I got peanut butter on my penis." <laughs> it, it's just a weird thing to say right in front of your kid that way, you know? Yeah. Come, come and lick it off. At least they didn't go that far with. It. <laughs> um, no, that was for the dog, Larry. Oh wait, no. And then, and then I thought okay. this was. Whoa, whoa! This is what? What? Wait a minute! What? This is a PETA-friendly show. (laughs) Sorry. No dogs or any other animals are harmed during the recording of this podcast. I trust. You have to trust. But plenty of peanut butter was harmed. (laughs) Plenty of feelings were harmed, though. Um, I thought this was a little. I I don't know. I I stopped short of saying off-putting, but I just thought it was a little odd. She, uh, Allison. Her granddaughter asked, "Did you invite grandmother?" And she keeps calling her grandmother. Is that not weird? I mean, am I the only one yeah. that thinks that's no, weird? Yeah, that's, that is a, <laughs> Who the fuck calls yeah. their grandma call grandmother? My grandparents, grandmother. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, she, like like maybe that's one of those like regional things. Maybe I I know I, I get I, that. You know, like around here, everybody calls them like mama or papa or uh, grandma yeah. and grandpa or grandma. Yeah, mammy or Happy pappy or something. I don't know, but like. <laughs> I you just rarely hear it said so properly. Did you invite grandmother? Yeah, yeah. Specialty. They're in they're in Haddonfield, Illinois, not uh, you know, London. <laughs> so yeah, she said, "Did you invite grandmother?" And, and they're talking about like this honors uh, ceremony that they're going to have that night because she's an honor student. <laughs> um, she kind of plays it off like, eh, you know, yeah, yeah, I talked to her. Um, so Allison is uh, then uh, walking down the street with her friends. Um, and, and they're, they kind of go, they, they kind of give a little bit of the back information about like sweeping some of the sequels under the rug a little bit. Mm-hmm. When, uh, one of the dude asked, the dude asked her, uh, wasn't it her brother that killed everybody when they're talking about Michael Myers and all this shit and, uh, her grandma Lori. So that, and she's like, no, 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 that was just some, uh, shit people that was made up. Part two. Yeah. <laughs> that was just some shit they made up to, uh, make themselves feel better, but no, they're not brother and sister. Because that was the thing through all the other Halloween movies that uh, yeah. Michael Myers and Laurie Strode were brother and sister. In fact, I still have talked to some people that have seen this movie and have seen the older Halloween movies, of course, too. And they still think, wow, isn't it still supposed to be his brother or their brother or sister? <laughs> well, clearly it didn't really come into that. I was saying, clearly, yeah. yeah, if I hear that, clearly you weren't fucking listening. Then, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> it was this key this one, scene right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the, kind of their way of like in a just a couple of simple lines. They kind of write the sequels off right there. So then Allison is at uh, it cuts later on. Allison's at school and she looks out the window and she sees her grandma Lori standing out there, which was kind of a cool reversal scene. Like you know, like in past movies, it would be like Michael standing out there, you know. Mm-hmm. But this time it's her grandma just standing out there staring at her. So she goes out. I guess she goes outside during her break or whatever, and uh, Lori gives her the three grand that uh, she got from the podcasters earlier and just tells her to take off to Mexico or do whatever the hell she wants to do with it. Um, so then it cuts to Lori, like, uh, <laughs> it's kind of all over the place, really, I think, some of this movie, especially with Lori. Uh, with Lori. It seems like she mm-hmm. she moves around pretty quick. Like, you know, she's at the school, and then, you know, she leaves, and all of a sudden she's out, like, at a gun range or out the back of her house or whatever, shooting mannequins and loading guns. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's another one later on in the movie uh, that, with the gas station. Like, she was just somewhere else. And then you turn around and she's standing outside the gas station when there's a murder scene. It's just weird. Like It's like she can transport all around town and she knows what the hell's going on all, at all times. Well, in these movies, she's like God. She's omnipresent. I guess. Um, 
I guess it's to show that how she's kind of slowly became like Michael, you know, in, in her obsession with him. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's also some of those the other scenes you're talking about too, where it's kind of like juxtaposed, you know, as where it was Michael and the other ones. Now it's Lori. Yeah. Same yeah. type of thing happens. And there's definitely the one. And there's definitely one big scene toward the end that we'll talk about that's yeah. like that. But yeah. So then there's like uh, the podcasters are around like listening to their tapes and they're playing a tape of Doctor Loomis. And I kind of figured even before I watched this movie, I'm like, S- some way, somehow, they got to get Loomis in this movie. Oh, yeah. And that's how they did it. Like, they just played some old voice recordings, you know, from his, um, him talking about Michael and everything. And they showed, like, a sketch drawing of him. So there you see him. Um, so there's kind of a little, like, montage of that for a second. And then uh, that's playing as they're loading Michael Myers and, like, a lot of the other patients that they're about to transfer to another hospital. They're loading them onto the bus. And Lori's sitting out in the parking lot, because um, now it's nighttime. Lori's sitting out in the parking lot, like, watching this happen, because it's in the evening, and I guess she wanted to make sure that, you know, he's on the bus and he's on his way. Which, in hindsight, she probably should have followed him. Yeah, that's, that was one of my, my <laughs> when I was talking to Adam on, the, on his podcast about it, that was one of my plot development points. I was like, why, like, if you're this, I know you're this obsessed with Michael Myers, yeah. and if you know he's destroyed or making sure he's yeah yeah if you know he's out of there like she saw him you know because she said like hey i saw him she saw him get onto that bus why the fuck would you not follow that bus because you want nothing more in life you've ruined your life obsessing over this dude you would want him nothing but dead or at least make sure he's tucked away but now she's just like she sees him kind of breaks down and cries and then goes to dinner (laughs) and then goes to yeah (laughs) yeah but that's not the most ridiculous part of that plot point, the most ridiculous part of that would be who in the hell authorized, I said this again, I think on, on Adam's podcast too, who in the hell authorized transferring Michael Myers on Halloween night or night before Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The night of October 30th, any other day of the year, 40 years to the day. It's time to move him to the shithole hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you know, you wouldn't have a movie then. Yeah. Well, but still, you still have to point these. And, you know, I mean, the, the logic still applies. Just like, uh, like this guy's <laughs> yeah. only killed five people, <laughs> and it was on Halloween night. Though. Well, well they yeah, even, that seems legit. We'll just we'll move them on Halloween night too. You know, there is kind of that thought process to it too. You know, I know you're saying it jokingly, but you go back to that scene where they explained off the brother and sister thing, right? He's like, the dude's yeah. like, well, you know, he only stabbed a couple of people. You know, uh, compared to today's measures, that's nothing. Oh, yeah. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Th- they are definitely playing yeah. that aspect of it up. Like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. You know, it was 40 years ago and a couple of stabbed people. I mean. <laughs> the inflation and, and, of death numbers and today's yeah. currency. I mean. Yeah, school, that's nothing, really. Nothing. And school shootings happening happening every other week. You know, it's nothing. You know, And I guess I see it, but, you know, still. Yeah. And then, honestly, that, but yeah, so originally it wasn't even going to be called Halloween. It was going to be called the babysitter murders or the babysitter killers or killings or. I think it was Babysitter Murders. And uh, they referenced that in the movie, in the newscast, when they're talking about Michael Myers. And 40 years ago, the babysitter killers yeah. are murdered. And uh, I think it was, I forget who it was. It might have been uh, Mustafa Akkad or one of the other producers that mentioned that latched onto the Halloween aspect. They should call it Halloween and then went from there. So, Well, I think it's. I think Halloween's a better name for it, but it's oh, still, yeah. it's still yeah. amazing to me. That up to that point, in 1978, no movie had ever come out called Halloween. That's still right. surprising to me. Yeah, 
Um, and I mean, I haven't gone into this part trivia, trivia on it too to see how many Halloween or like were there any other holiday-related horror movies at that point, or that took place or that used the holiday, not just Halloween but Christmas or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Halloween was. I don't. It couldn't have been the first necessarily, but it definitely definitely launched all that stuff to where there was a silent night deadly night and the friday the 13th oh yeah yeah all, it, it set off yeah like yeah, yeah um <laughs> <laughs> what's happening bird uh, it's not a bad question <laughs> it's not it's not a bad question uh <laughs> So yeah, so Lori, uh, like, well, he's out of the building. I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna cry while holding my pistol, and then I'm gonna go to dinner, and make an ass out of myself. And maybe there was time in between that. How, how did that bus end up off the road? Maybe she did it. <laughs> this is, yeah. Um, so yeah, Lori goes to dinner. Like they're having dinner for her, you know, honors night or whatever with her parents or her granddaughter or whatever. And uh, she kind of comes in and makes an ass out of herself and. And then leaves. Um, so, you know, basically, that's that's really all you need to know about that scene. I mean, I think it's kind of throwaway, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, if there was one throwaway scene, it would... Yeah, that would it, that it's one. that. Like, you know, what she has, like, an emotional moment and drinks uh, a glass of wine and then leaves. Leaves. <laughs> ah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, then it cuts to a, a dad and son driving down the road. They're in a truck, and they're going camping. And, they're, <laughs> and the kid's like... I'd rather go to. I'd rather be at dance class than doing this. <laughs> so it was like a. It was a funny exchange. There's definitely a couple of scenes in this movie where you see Danny McBride. You know, you see Danny McBride's influence in it. And I think. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that was one of them for sure. That scene right there. Um. So yeah, the dad and the son are arguing. They're going down the road like they're going camping, and he's he's bitching because he'd rather be at dance class. And then they uh have to slam on the brakes because there's some uh some of the mental patients just walking around in the road. And the bus has crashed, of course. Um, so the dad gets out. He's like, I'm going to check on this. The dad gets out, and he just kind of disappears. And then the kid gets, he's like uh, looking for his dad. He gets out, and uh, he's, got a, he's got a rifle. And he goes, on to the, he goes over to the bus, and uh, Dr. Sartan kind of jumps out and says, Don't shoot, pal. Just shoots him right Looked like he basically shot him in the heart, but I guess he just caught him in the shoulder or something. The kid runs, you know, he's freaked out now. He runs back and gets back in the truck. And then uh, he's sitting there kind of freaked out. And then Michael Myers is sitting in the back seat. And he kind of grabs a hold of the kid and then just kind of slowly chokes him out and then snaps his neck. Which I thought was pretty uh, pretty fucked up scene because you, you rarely ever see that in movies. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty hardcore. Yeah, they're killing yeah. a kid. Like, I'm assuming this kid's probably around, what, 10, 11, 12 years old? Yeah. And he kills yeah. the kid in the front seat. So you don't see that very often in, in any horror movies, generally. Usually the kid... Not jumping, ahead, not jumping ahead too much farther, but there's a scene like a little bit later on where you know he's already killed that kid. Yeah. And you hear a baby crying. and, and I, yeah. Exactly. I like, oh, God. And you know, <laughs> yeah. and you know that's probably a, a portion of why they did it. Yeah. 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 Um, because you, you you had the feeling like, fuck, he might guard, like, yeah yeah gonna do it or not fuck he might do this he's already killed that one kid um so yeah then it cuts to uh officer hawkins like in a gas station playing a pinball machine um 
Back he, to the Future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Back to the Future pinball, pinball machine. <laughs> and he gets a call that, like, you know, this bus crash or whatever. He goes down and uh, finds Dr. Sartan. He goes down to the bus accident. He's looking around. He sees bodies. And uh, he looks in the bus and he finds Dr. Sartan, you know, that he's he's hurt. He's been shot, but he's still alive. Um, then it cuts to the uh, podcasters. They're, uh, they go out to the graveyard of Judith Myers, which is Michael's sister that he stabbed, you know, uh, 50, 60 years prior to this, whatever, when he was a kid, which kind of started the whole thing. So they're kind of doing, um, you know, this little flashback thing to that. So, yeah, they, they, they actually show the scene where, um, you know, from the original movie where Michael kills his sister, Judith. Um, and then it shows them sitting in the graveyard, and then off in the background, you see Michael standing, like the lady that kind of showed them the grave. She looks over, and you see Michael standing behind a tree, like over on the side. He's watching them. So then it uh, cuts to the, the podcasters have left, the journalists. They've left the graveyard, and they're, they pull up at a gas station. She goes inside to use the bathroom. He's out there pumping gas. Michael is there. Like, you see him kind of in the background. Like, he walks past, you know, as they're walking in. Um... As she's in there asking about the bathroom or whatever, she walks away and you see him off in the background, like killing somebody in the garage. Like, so he's hanging around doing things. And uh, she goes to the bathroom and Michael comes walking in and goes like stall by stall, like looking in the doors to see if there's anybody in there or looking for her or whatever. And uh, he shakes her door. He shakes the door of her stall and like, you know, she's like, go away. And he kind of steps to the side for a second and then. Then it cuts to the other guy. He's kind of discovering that there's some shit going on because he sees a dead body like when he goes into the gas station and everything. And uh, that's when uh, it cuts back to her in the ba bathroom. And now Michael walks back up to her stall door, reaches over the top and drops like a handful of teeth onto the ground. And then that's when she realizes, oh, shit, you know, something's up. And he busts through the door and, you know, and uh, the stall door. And then she kind of like pulls her pants up and crawls up underneath the the other stalls, he, uh, she's screaming. The other dude comes rushing in, and Michael just beats the shit out of him. Like, he kills him pretty much. Like, he just pounds his head into yeah, the he wall. He uses his face as a battering ram. Yeah, like, he, the walls, he, the bathroom door. And all. Yeah, it, just everywhere. He just beats the shit out of the dude yeah. and basically just leaves him for dead. And then I guess he just kind of die, slowly dies over in the corner. And he reaches over and grabs a hold of the girl again in the stall. Um, and he just basically just chokes her out and snaps her neck right there. Then he goes back outside and uh, get opens up the trunk of the car and gets his mask out and puts the mask back on. So that's like kind of the big moment of Michael Myers is back. He's got his mask. Yeah. Um, Cue the Halloween thing. Yeah. You hear the music and everything while this is going on. Now what, what did y'all think of that scene as far as it making sense? And like, it, it, once again, it seems like Michael... Michael and Lori are just everywhere. They just kind of pop up. Yeah, I think he was, and he was driving the Bronco too, right? Like, actually, didn't I actually didn't notice that part when I saw it the first time? I think in the theater uh -huh. that he was in the like you see the Bronco drive up as they're you know in blurry kind of in the background outside of their window, mm -hmm. car window as they're pulling up the gas station, and he gets out to pump gas. And she's getting out to go inside. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and I in didn't the catch that. See that Bronco or that the truck that the dad and the son were in. So he, up. so the he's following them around to get his mask back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, okay. what, that's what I gathered from that Yeah, part. yeah, I mean, it makes o sense, I guess. because but... I watched it that second time, because I didn't realize he was in that car. I, I mean, I kind of, I did see him when he walked by, because it's kind of blurry, but you see somebody walking by in a white, you know, white pants, white shirt. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely got to be Michael. I mean, nobody nobody else would be walking around in a white pants, white shirt, you know, 
patient type wear. So, so I figured that was him, but I didn't really, I didn't notice that he had driven up in that Bronco, or I think it was a Bronco, that, the car that he had taken from the father and son. Um, so yeah, so now I, he, I assumed that he on them at that point. So now he's got his mask back, you know, all is well in the world. Michael Myers is back. Um, so now it goes to, uh, it, you see Officer Hawkins at, uh, at the gas station. Now he's on the scene, you know, after these murders. And then that's where it's revealed that, uh, he was one of the cops that were, that was there 40 years ago on that night of the killing spree, the babysitter murders, whatever he was there. Yeah. Um, and then once again, like I said earlier, that's where you see Lori. She's like in the crowd at the gas station. Like I'm assuming you just piece together, like she heard about this on the radio and she just decides to come over and check it out, I guess. But not the bus wreck. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to follow through and make sure he got where he went. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna randomly hear about this bus wreck on the morning news. <laughs> but yet these two podcasters get killed in the gas station and she's standing out in the crowd. By the way, I want to point out, uh, so so this week I had to, uh, uh, one of my daughters had to have some uh, teeth pulled, and uh, I was I was in the room with her while it was going on. Uh, that, that's not a, a very quick process, and Michael Myers did it while a guy was pumping gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an evil surgeon. He's He's surgical <laughs> with his evil. Maybe that's a better way. And, and his index and thumb fingers He might have put some Novocaine in there. <laughs> I'm just thinking though, like his index and and and, and thumb uh, are, are like pliers. <laughs> well, apparently, while they're in mental hospitals, they teach them how to do things. I guess, like drive. And uh... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he was good at that in the first movie too. Yeah, you know, right. and, I, and, I, and I and I thought about <laughs> and I thought about that in the first movie too. I thought that was horseshit. Like, how would he be yeah. able to drive? Like, right, he's been in an institution yeah. I mean, since he was, he was like, seven. How old was he when he kept 12 years old? Yeah, it, maybe not even that. Yeah. I don't know how old he was, yeah, but yeah, he was a kid. Maybe. Hey, guys, they have continuing education, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like uh, Demolition Man, where the uh, when they're in cryosleep, they're still teaching them. <laughs> you don't know about the three shells? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> there was a t-shirt that I almost bought that just had the three seashells on it. That's all it was. There was no words, no reference. It just had three conch shells or whatever, you know, three seashells. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, like, so she's standing outside the, in the crowd and the guy says she kind of goes away. Um, then, now, this was a cool scene. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, now it's nighttime. I guess it's Halloween night. By the way, I think it's around this time they have this cheap-ass little graphic that just says October 31st on the bottom. Did you notice that? Yeah, it just says October thirty first. Like it's almost like, oh shit, we forgot to mention that it's the next day and it's Halloween. <laughs> like they didn't do the cool like Halloween font title screen with the orange letters. Yeah. This is what they should have done. It should have said Halloween night, October thirty first, whatever you know. Instead, yeah. it's just, it's almost like a uh, uh, a closed captioning October thirty first on the bottom that kind of <laughs> pops up and goes away. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. Um. So yeah, now it's uh it's Halloween night and Michael's on a rampage. So he he all the trick or treaters are running around, you know, it's your typical Halloween night. It reminded me of the the town in uh that movie Trick or Treat that we watched back in episode two. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It's like that scene. Just think of that. Like all these you know, there's a thousand trick or treaters. Like this doesn't happen in any real neighborhood, but uh <laughs> in movies. Um 
but he's he walks up and he's just walking down a sidewalk cuts over to this backyard uh goes into the shed picks up a hammer walks right into the house this woman's fixing a sandwich just uh you don't see it but you know he goes walks around the corner just pounds her to death with the hammer walks into the living room that's where you hear the crying baby that we talked about a little bit ago he just kind of looks at it you know glances at it really and just keeps walking uh walks out the front door um or now now he's got a knife like he puts the hammer down after he beats the shit out of her with it picks up a knife that's on the counter that she was cutting her sandwich with or whatever then he walks out of the house he's walking down the street you see this couple that are uh, getting in the car going to a costume ball she kind of looks over at him but the dude comes out of the house and then he kind of cuts to his right walks into the next house um sees uh the lady in there and he and his and, and he kind of just looks into the window as she's kind of off to, to the side talking on the phone she doesn't notice him then he walks off the porch around the house walks in the back door as she's closing the blinds looking out the front then grabs her by the back of her head busts her head on like the the front the back of the sofa then sticks a knife right through her throat she drops yeah. dead yeah and then he walks away but, all, kill scene. but <laughs> all that is what i thought about was one of the cooler scenes because i only saw yeah. i only saw one edit one edit yeah i only saw one edit in that whole scene everything i just described <laughs> yeah and that was when he grabbed the hammer like he walks back to that shed, grabs the hammer, and then it cuts to him walking yeah. into the house. But from from the time he walks into the house to the time like he shoves the knife to that woman's throat, one cut, or no yeah. cuts from that point. No cuts. Yeah. 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 So it's just a long, think, long shot, uh, tracking point, shot. I think up to this point uh, in the movie, you, you're kind of getting getting a pretty good idea of like how like simple and brutal like Michael Myers is in this movie, and with no thought. Or maybe there's yeah, thought, yeah, but yeah, you I get mean, what I'm saying. It's so it's just like programmed. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's just soulless I killing. This. I need to have my mask. Once I got my mask, I got you know any weapon I can get. I need to yep. get back to Haddonfield. Oh, here's a hammer. I'm gonna go beat the shit out of this woman. Oh, there's a knife. I'm gonna go over here. You <laughs> know? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many like horror movies where you know it's all about the build up to the kill, where mm -hmm. this is just uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's almost like uh, you know, compare horror movie comparisons to like Jason, is a comparison. It's just like killing for killing's sake. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. They try to put reasons to it, but there's no real reason for it. Yeah, he's just fucking crazy. It goes man. back to that boogeyman factor. <laughs> it goes yeah, back to that whole, you know, the boogeyman. What scares you know kids and everything is the boogeyman. Yeah, but it, it's just one long, basically one long take tracking shot. You know, like I said, I only yeah. counted one edit in the whole thing. I thought it was. That was a cool little like five six minute scene, you know. However long that runs, um, yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the movie there. Um, and you definitely notice it, even if you don't know technical aspects of like why, or or even if you don't realize that it's one scene, your mind definitely puts it together as. I think you would see that as something different. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would you would get the feeling there, even if you don't know the technical aspects of why. And it's because there are no cuts. It's just camera moves here, follows him here. He does that. Yeah. You're you know. You, you put it together that it's definitely different than your average kill scene in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Time for an ice cold Bud Light. <laughs> Let's go out to the yeah. lobby. That's your intermission brought by Bud Light. <laughs> Tastes great. Let's fill in. <laughs> they haven't paid us a dime. Let's shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, after that, it, uh, 
you, it cuts to uh, Allison's, you know, the grand, uh, Lori's granddaughter, Allison. It cuts to her friend Vicky, who's uh, babysitting a kid. And this kid's cool as shit. Once again, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is where you get the Danny McBride factor, I think, in here with this yep. kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these kind of the, the, her and the kid are kind of bickering back and forth, and uh, he's like, "You're a horrible babysitter. That's why I'm sitting here clipping my nasty ass toenails. <laughs> I should be in bed." Um. So then it cuts to the uh, masquerade ball. Um, that they're, you know, that the, the, uh, I guess it's like a Halloween masquerade ball that they're having at the school. I'm assuming it's the school. I don't know if they ever really said where it was, but I'm assuming that was the school. I don't know if they established or not. That's where I I assumed it was. Either way, I guess it doesn't matter, but yeah, I'm assuming it's at the school. There's a big masquerade ball and uh, a ball and, uh, Paul. (laughs) Whatever masquerade Paul is. Um... Uh, her granddaughter Allison and her boyfriend Cameron, they're fighting. But apparently, like she goes and talks on the phone, she comes back and uh, her boyfriend's making out with this other chick. They go to the back room, and I guess he's trying to say, like, I'm drunk, you know, this, you know, nothing happened. And they're arguing, and then her phone rings, and he grabs the phone from her and throws it in the punch bowl. And uh, then that's basically, all right, we're done. So she leaves. Um, so it's the typical horror movie boyfriend dickhead move, you know. <laughs> somebody did that to me i'd beat the shit out of them right there i'd go michael myers on their ass right there yeah you just take my phone from me and throw it in a punch bowl you piece of shit um, hammered the fucking face yeah <laughs> your phone's mine until i get a new one <laughs> so yeah that happens so she leaves and then like um it cuts back to the vicky the babysitter uh her boyfriend I- i'm assuming that's the guy that was uh walking down the street with her and allison earlier in the movie i think that's the guy yeah, yeah. Um, he shows up basically like, uh, you know, to come screw or dry hump or whatever they're going to do. And, uh, then the kid comes downstairs and, uh, says he saw a freaky dude in a mask standing in his doorway. So Vicky goes up to check on the room. She kind of, play- <laughs> I thought it was a pretty funny scene where she goes in there and like plays it up like, Oh God, uh, mister, you get out of here. You know, you don't, you're not supposed to be here. And, this, uh, um, she scares him. She jumps back out or something like that, and then uh, he says, oh, fuck, <laughs> the kid. It was pretty funny. Um, oh, no, he says, oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's when he says, uh, the uh, the next time he says it is when, all right, so, like, she gets him in bed, you know, gets him settled down. He's like, will you close my closet? Because the closet door is kind of open. She, kind of, she tries to push on it a couple times, and then she opens up the door, and Michael's standing there, and he kind of, like, slashes at her with a knife and that's when the kid says oh shit and gets out yeah (laughs) that's when he bugs it (laughs) um i would save you but self-preservation yeah um vicky tries to that's awesome that that he just left and then that's it like you never see his character again that he's i mean you just know that he like just took off and yeah yeah (laughs) he's still running yeah (laughs) (laughs) he takes off and then like sees her boyfriend downstairs and he's like don't go up there you're gonna die and then just runs (laughs) and then like you say you never see him again but uh, Vicky tries to put up a good fight, but of course, you know, Michael like drags her back in the room and stabs her to death. She's dead. Um, so then I guess, you know, there's a call of a disturbance. You know, the cops show up. So Hawkins shows up and then Lori hears this over the radio and she she kind of shows up separately. Um, but Hawkins is, uh, he comes in the house and he's looking around and there's a there's somebody sitting in the corner under a sheet. He pulls the sheet back and it's Vicky, you know, dead. And uh, 
that's when uh, it shows Lori outside the house, and she's looking, at, she's looking, and I guess she sees him in one room, and she looks over and sees Michael standing in another room, and she shoots him, she shoots at him from, you know, the front yard to the window, and it just shatters the glass and then hits a mirror. So clearly he's just standing over in the corner, but the reflection is perfect. That was a, I thought that was a pretty cool shot too, where, you know, that yeah. happened. So yeah, then they kind of, they kind of like slowly chase Michael around. Like, it's funny, like, especially like when, uh, the Hawkins kind of, the officer kind of looks over and sees Mike, he says, Michael, and he, he kind of shoots at him, but then Michael just walks down the steps and then he can't be any more than four steps behind him and he turns the corner and he's gone. It was just, <laughs> you know, it was like, I don't know. It was just weird. Like he couldn't have lost him that quickly. Right. You know, he just, Michael shoots <laughs> at him and then turns around and he, you know, they don't show it, but like gone. he goes down the step. You don't see it that he's gone, but he goes down the steps and you got to assume he can't be any more than a few steps behind. Michael's not running, but he's gone. Yeah. And, uh, that's when he, I guess he's outside and Lori sees him and she shoots, she shoots him, but he just, he still gets away. Uh, and that's when I think, uh, um, Hawkins and Lori kind of meet up outside, you know, when that happens or whatever. And uh, then that's when uh, Dr. Sartan shows up. And uh, I thought it was pretty funny that Lori calls him the new Loomis. Yeah. The funny thing was about <laughs> yeah, it. Like just the funny th- says it. You're, you're the new Loomis. Yeah, oh, you're the new Loomis. <laughs> the funny thing is, too, is the dude kind of sounds like Loomis a little bit. You know, Yeah. more foreign, you know, more of a foreign accent. But he, he definitely kind of sounds like him. I thought it was kind of, you know kind of funny so that's when uh lori lori and the cops like they go they finally like uh go to lori's daughter's house karen to get the family and then that's when she realizes allison isn't there she's at the masquerade ball they can't get in touch with her then you see uh because you know the dickhead threw it in the punch bowl the phone in the punch yeah. bowl um so then you see allison walking home with uh their other friend oscar this like creepy curly haired dude um, they jump over a fence. He tries to kiss her and she's like, what the fuck? I don't want to, you know, I'm not attracted to you. And then she bugs off and he's kind of, he's kind of laying there. He's drunk. He's laying in the backyard and Michael's just standing over in the corner and he's like, I'm sorry to be in your backyard, Mr. Blah, 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 whatever, you know, the guy's yard he's in. Uh, then I guess he slowly realizes this isn't that guy and it's someone else. And he comes after him and runs to the fence. He gets up, he's kind of trying to halfway climb the fence. Then Michael, uh, then he stab him. Or something, I think, when he's up on the fence. Yeah, and, and then pulls him down onto the... Yeah, and then he pulls him down on, on, onto the top of the fence, like, where it, like, goes through his head. Or his face. Yeah. And then that's when uh, Allison hears the commotion, and she comes back and sees uh, the guy, hang, yeah. you know, dead on the fence. And then Michael comes walking around the corner. She loses it and runs. Um, and she eventually gets up with the cops and Dr. Sartan Hawkins. Um, then you cut back to Lori with, uh, her daughter and her, uh, son-in-law in the, uh, in Lori's house. And she like kind of opens up the little basement hatch thing with the kitchen, the kitchen counter or the kitchen island thing that kind of slides to the side and it opens up and there's a basement down there where she's got like all sorts of canned pickles and guns. <laughs> so he's kind of, all right, you know, here's all the guns, you know, pick the one and pick, pick your poison, choose your poison or something like that. You know, here's all the guns and stuff. So then he shows Hawkins, Dr. Sartan and Allison. They're all in the car together and they're, you know, leaving the scene or whatever. And then, then, then they spot Michael and, uh, Hawkins drives him down with his car. Like he says, fuck this. I'm going for him. Sartan's trying to get him to stop, but he won't. And he hit, he hits Michael with his car and then they both get out. Allison's 
still in the back, but they both get out. And then that's when Dr. Sartan pulls out like an ink pen that like flips out to a blade and then stabs Hawkins to death. Cause now, now I guess you see his motivation is like, he wanted to see Michael in his true element. He wanted to see him fuck everybody up. So he's, he's half crazy too, but like Michael's out of it from getting hit by the car. So he puts on Michael's mask for some reason. I guess it's the whole, all part of his motivation to see what he's like. I guess I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> he puts on the William Shatner mask and uh that's right. <laughs> and he looks back in the car or whatever. He put he picks up Michael, puts him in the back of the car with Allison. He's like, "Come." Yeah. No, <laughs> so yeah, he puts he puts uh Michael's unconscious body in the back seat with Allison. Oh, and then it cuts to these the two other cops. They're sitting in a car like, you know, kind of on patrol or whatever. They're just sitting there. And the dudes, talk, they're talking about some weird pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwich that he had made for him, and mm-hmm. then the other guy had brownies for dinner or whatever. Um, then that's when you see uh, Hawkins' cop car kind of like come to a stop about 200 feet away, or you know, however long, probably a football field or two away up the street, but they can see it. It pulls to a stop. The reason it pulls to a stop is because Sartan is driving with Michael in the back. She says, "Well." Um, I can uh, tell you, Michael's never, he says, Michael's never spoke to me. He said, well, Michael said something to me, and I'll tell you what he said if you stop the car and let me out or whatever. So he stops the car, and then uh, that's when Michael comes to and, like, uh, grabs the back of the, you know, that little barricade that's in between, like, the front seat and the back seat of a cop car. He grabs it and, like, pushes it and then uh, starts kind of pushing and beating the shit out of uh, Sartan with it. He gets out of the car um, you know, somewhere in there, he's put his mask back on somewhere in, you know, when he comes to, um, he, he drags Sartan out of the car and then he's kind of, uh, standing over him and he just squashes his head like a fucking tomato. <laughs> Stomps it in the ground. Yeah. I mean, like, he doesn't do anything, but sits there and stares at him for a second and then just pow, puts him out like a cigarette. The worst curb stomp ever. Yeah. With no curb. <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't. How strong would you have to be to to do that? By the way, <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Well, which which TV land are you are you working in? Because if it's The Walking Dead, I mean, yeah, but at least in there, skull. at least there, it's uh, you know, everybody has candy shell skulls from being zombies. You know, this is a, a living, breathing human, you know, human being. <laughs> But yeah, he just stomps his head out. It explodes. So it's you know it's, it's the gore. The gore factor goes up. Um. So then you're kind of like the cops finally pull up and take a look at this, and then you see him come up behind them. But then they you don't see him do anything. Like you just assume at this point that he's gonna kill the cops, right? It cuts to yeah. a cop car pulling up at Lori's house, and uh, Lori's son-in-law. Ray goes out and says, hey, is there any any news, any latest? Um, then he walks over to the cop cars because they don't say anything, and he opens up the door, and there's one of the dead cops kind of sitting there like, you know, mutilated. He's dead. But then the other cop's head is in the front seat, um, like hollowed out like a pumpkin with a light yeah. in it, yeah. right? or the flashlight <laughs> in it, I think. <laughs> um. See, even even though he's a monster, he does have a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's festive. You know? And he had enough time to carve out this dude's head and stick a flashlight in it. 
I guess he had all the time in the world, but like, all right, so th- <laughs> this is one of those, uh, another one of those things. Like, I get why he might want to come after Lori, right? There's history. Maybe it's 40 years to the day. He's pure evil, and he wants to come after Lori, Lori and kill her because she's one of the ones that got away, right? I guess that's yeah. what we're to believe. Yeah. How did he know where she lived? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean she lives out in the middle of nowhere, like on a fucking compound, <laughs> right? I mean, how would he know that? Well, I guess he's just following the street of where the doctor pulled him up to. So you're thinking that this isn't that far away? Yeah, I would assume so, yeah. That the cops are kind of hanging, like, down the street from Lori's house? Yeah. Is that, okay. Maybe. All right. Maybe. Okay. I didn't make that leap. I'm assuming that, you know, they're across town or something. I guess they didn't really give much thought to that part of it. I just, I just, I just thought that was odd that he could find his way to Lori's house. So, yeah, you got the hollowed out head with the flashlight stuck in it in the front seat. And then he comes up from behind and, like, uh, he kills her husband. Um, although I don't think you see it. I think maybe you see him come up behind him. I, I can't remember. Do you see him attack him or not? I think so. I think, yeah. I, I, you remember, I'm, I remember. I'm kind of blanking on that particular. But either way, he kills him, you know, right there or whatever. But Because you do see his body later on. So, obviously, yeah. he comes up and kills him somehow. I just can't recall whether you actually see it happen there or not. Um, so, then... Uh, it shows like all right, Lori and uh, Karen. They realize he's there, and they're kind of ready for him. And she's got she's got her shotgun, and she's got her back to the door. And Michael just busts through the front door, the window, of the front door, and uh, starts choking Lori. And then she turns the shotgun around and like blows like three or four of his fingers off of his hand. Um, and he lets go. She she you know she runs off obviously. Um, they go and hide in the basement. And uh, he's walking around upstairs, and then she shoots through the floor, and then she's like, all right, I got to go up there and finish this. So she opens up the thing and goes on up. So she's kind of searching for him room by room in the house, and she's got, like, these little emergency, like, roll-down doors that, like, I guess once she checks off a room, like, he's not in here, roll down the door. Yeah. He's not in this room, roll yeah. down the door. Um, so then she comes to this room that's got a bunch of mannequins in it. Now, what in the fuck? Why does she have a mannequin room? Well, I mean, it's the same uh, reasoning for the barbed wire room. It's a spirit. <laughs> a callback to another one of our earlier episodes. Like, I mean, seriously, like, so basically her house is a death trap for Michael Myers, right? So what's the purpose of a fucking mannequin room? Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him this one room that he's sure to fucking hide in. And sure enough, he's hiding in this room. <laughs> well, unfortunately, they didn't make it to the fourth room because the fourth room was all dedicated to Captain Kirk. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> if he'd have just went one room down, he would have felt more comfortable and wouldn't have had to kill everybody. Um, but before he jumps out, though, she like uh, she's looking around and she opens up a closet or something, and that that's where her dead son-in-law is. So that confirms that he was dead one way or the other. Um, but yes, so of course, in the in the freaky mannequin room, he jumps out. Um, and he attacks her and they kind of tussle around a little bit and then he throws her out the window and he's standing over, over like the ledge looking down at her and then he hears another noise and looks looks away. Then when he looks back down, she's not there anymore. And you get the... <whistles> so that that's what I was talking about, the callback to the original movie where the, the roles have been reversed a little bit. Mm. That was basically the exact same scene where they're looking down at him they're looking down on and the ground was, at Michael Myers, and they look they look away and they look back down there, and he's gone. 
You know, it was basically the last scene of the first movie, yeah, the, right yeah. after the, after Loomis shot him, however many times he shot him. Yeah. I think it's Loomis yeah. looking down, and then he looks away at Lori yeah. or whatever, and then he looks back down, and Michael's yeah. gone. And he's gone, and then the music, and then the credits. Yeah. <laughs> um, spoiler alert for anyone that's never seen the original Halloween. Why the fuck are you listening to this? Um... So yeah, so they're, they're basically that call back to that original scene. So then Allison eventually shows up, and uh, she gets in the house, and then uh, Karen grabs her, and they go down in the basement, and they're hiding. Um, and then Karen looks over and sees her gun, like in the gun cabinet from her childhood. It's got like her initials KS on it. So I guess she has like this flashback of, oh shit, you know, all the things that I went through as a kid. But she grabs the gun, and she's standing there like with it loaded, pointed, like because the, the, I guess the kitchen counter thing is open. Or no, no, no. Michael kind of like shakes it off its foundation, pushes it over, right? Mm-hmm. To get yeah. to them. And he kind of yeah. shows him, he kind of walks around the corner and shows himself and she's pointing the gun at him like, Mom, are you out there? Help me. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then she goes, gotcha. And then shoots him. Now, granted, she hasn't had a lot of practice in the last handful of years, so she's a poor shot. But, um, <laughs> but she does get it. She grazes him or whatever. Um, and it knocks him down enough for uh, Lori to show up and say, Happy Halloween, Michael. And then she starts beating the shit out of them. They're fighting, blah, 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 rolling around, this and that. You know, they're trying to get out. They get out of the basement, and they're rolling around with Michael. They eventually knock him down the stairs. He's in the basement. And then these, like, uh, metal uh, swords or whatever the hell they are, they kind of, like, shoot across the top of the basement entrance. So he's locked in there. Um, Then they, I guess she basically flips a switch, and these gas... These gas pipes that are all over the house turn on and gas starts shooting out. And there's these little heaters, you know, I guess to like spark the gas. Then she lights up a flare. Lori lights up a flare as they're all three standing there looking at him. And he's just standing there staring back at him. Throw the flare down in there. um, And the whole house goes up in flames. And then uh, Allison, the granddaughter, kind of flags. There's a truck going by. She runs out of the road, flags down the truck. Then the last scene is uh, all three, you know, Lori, Karen, and Allison, her daughter and granddaughter, they're all sitting in the back back of the truck driving down the road away from it. And uh, Allison is holding a knife, the bloody knife in her hand. And then Halloween, end credits. Um, So what did y'all think of the ending of that? Uh, I don't remember if I talked about this on the other podcast or not, but I I think I did, but I'm not. I think it kind of leaves it open, like because you don't ever, you don't see. You don't. Michael Myers. Actually yeah, you don't see him in. Up. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Now I guess you're left to assume it'd be pretty damn hard for him to get out of there because I think there's only yeah. one, there's only one way in and one way out, right? Yeah. At least, at least as far as what they showed you. That's what, as far as what they show you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, there's not the whole like, you know, seventies or eighty or well, eighty style of of movie ending and having a definite you know, boom, he's back or whatever. Or he got out or he did this or, but I, I, th- I think them not showing necessarily his body burning up or whatever that it kind of, kind of does leave it to where if this money, if this movie makes money, you might be able to do another one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now I didn't really look it up. I mean, I guess I can look it up as we're speaking, but like, have they said whether it was going to be another one or not? Well, I know John Carpenter, who, you know, of course, directed the original and he, acted as executive producer on this one, which is cool that he was back in. Also did the soundtrack with his son. Mm-hmm. And I forget the other guy that did the score, but because, you know, he, 
he's a musician as well and scored a lot of his own movies as well. But uh, I know he mentioned he didn't. He said, no, this is supposed to be the last one. But then producers, other producers of the movie have said they want to. And then I know Danny Bride, Danny Ride, and uh, David Gordon Green had mentioned originally that they wanted it to be possibly the start of another, maybe two movie type thing going on. But then they scaled that back and said, no, nah, maybe we'll have one movie. We'll see how it does. But if it does, if it does do well, then we know where we would want to go if we did another one. Hmm. That's kind of the way they put it. So, so it seemed like Carpenter didn't want to be involved with any more, but that, and, and what he had said that there wouldn't be any more. But the other, you know, producers and writers and things are saying that there's a possibility that it could be. So yeah. I guess maybe maybe Carpenter won't be involved. But I don't know who owns the properties. But I'm pretty sure I don't think John Carpenter owns the properties of Halloween anymore. But he may not be involved with it if there is another one. Well, I guess we'll. I guess we'll see one way or another. I mean, they left, like you said, they yeah. left the door open enough to do it. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, Allison holding the knife? I mean, did you think that had any meaning or just... I mean, because I don't recall. I, I guess I have to go back and watch that specific scene again. Did she have the knife in her hand when she ran out to get, you know, like, ran out to the truck to get help? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't recall that either. You know. you would think she you would think she did, you know, because otherwise why why mm -hmm. would she pick up a knife and then just sit in the back of the truck right. holding a knife? Right. So I'm assuming she did. I have to go back and watch it. But like, do you think that had any any meaning to it? I mean, because they panned down to the knife. They wanted to see. They wanted yeah. you to see it. It yeah. wasn't an accident. So. Uh, I would I say like, for anything, it's almost a passing of the torch, except it's a knife. Now, in some it of seems to be that kind of thing in, in certain slasher movies. Like, you remember, of course, in the end of Friday the 13th, the final chapter, when Tommy, you know, supposedly kills Jason. Mm -hmm. Or does actually kill Jason. The one time when he actually did get killed. I think. Yeah. Then he ends up stupidly going out and, you know, bringing him back to life in part six, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after he kills you, know, there's, that, there's that image where it's like, damn, is, is this kind of like passing the torch on to Tommy now? Is he going to, you know. But he didn't. I mean, they didn't go that route with Part Five. So, and I think there's a couple other movies. I can't think of their names right now. They kind of do that too, where you think that uh, well, one I mean, of the other people in the movie is getting, you know, passed off as, you know, being linked to Michael or being not Michael, but link, link, being linked to the killer in some way, or well, even possibly that they will, you know, become one in the next one. Well, I think even in the Halloween movies, if I'm not mistaken, like I don't know, at the end of. Uh four five six somewhere around there with the one with the little girl oh yeah yeah with uh remember like she's in the clown outfit and holding the knife yeah. you know like kind of yeah. kind of almost like she's yeah, now know, the new michael or something you know yeah 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 exactly there's there's that and then and then she doesn't you know. yeah so yeah i don't and know then, what that then is then i don't know if that's just a nod to those types of scenes in slasher movies or or what or if there's some other motive for it I guess it's, prob it's probably the motive is as simple as, like, let's leave the door cracked open just enough so, like yeah. you said, if this <laughs> if this movie does well, we can we can bring it, you know. And uh, there there is that, always been that kind of supernatural aspect to my, you know, to the character anyways. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. in the other movies, so. So I guess that'll uh, do it for uh, the 2018 edition of Halloween. Um, Will, where do you land on it? Out of five stars, what are you saying? Uh, probably three and a half. Uh, I, I thought there was plenty of good spots in this movie, but you know, still like a lot of a lot of plot holes in it, and 
and stuff like that. It's still, it's still a really good movie, though. Uh, Smoke, where do you land? Uh, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give you my rating of how I thought it was the first time I saw it, and then my current rating on it. I guess. So, okay. So after I saw it that first time, I was kind of disappointed. I probably at that point, if I'd only viewed it that time, I probably would have given it. And I don't. I don't know if we did a, a star rating thing. On that, I'm sure if I rated it by stars any other time, but probably at that point I might have given it a two. <laughs> wow! But now I'm going back and seeing it a second and now a third time. Uh, and I even like I said, I even saw a few things in the the third viewing that I didn't necessarily pick up on, like like Michael, like being able to see him drive up in the in the Bronco. I didn't even catch that until the third viewing actually, mm-hmm. uh, when they were when he was following him. But uh, yeah, now I was like, I guess on the third viewing I'd give it. Uh, I'd probably give it three out of five. Um, I might even go up. I might, I mean, kind of give it maybe three and a quarter. I don't know if I can go with the full three and a half, but I'll go. Let's just call it three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna call it a three. Um, yeah. it's not that I hate it. It's not that I dislike it. Yeah. Uh, a lot more than any of the other sequels. To be honest with you. I mean, other. I think there you got the the original is the king. Nothing can touch it. Right. But yeah, then yeah. I think there's two. Halloween two is better than this. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like part two. Yep. Yeah, me too. Me um, too. I would agree with that too. But as far as any of the others, right off the top of my head, now it's been a while since I've seen since I've watched some of those. Um, yeah. But I think it's better than just about anything other than that. Yeah, yeah. I think part four and five had it had its moments. Yeah. Where I, and I like I like Daniel Harris. She was the little girl and. The, the clown costume, like we were talking about earlier. I but after, the, back but really point. after the second one it but, is where you start to lose touch with reality a little yeah, bit. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah, definitely. I think it's, yeah. you know, like a lot of movies, it kind of slowly steps down after that, you know, no, to, yeah. to where it gets in the Definitely each sequel that came after it. Yeah. Well, not it's, counting part three, which was its own thing, like we mentioned. They're all still enjoyable, but it gets less and less believable as it goes along. Yeah. So when this it gets one, a resurrection, that one to me is no enjoyment factor at all. No, well, no. <laughs> And it's, I probably haven't yeah, seen that, that since it came out, but yeah, I, you know, from what I remember of it, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. But um, I think with this one, though, it brings back, it brings it back to reality, you know. Yeah. Which is, I'm assuming, it was just part of what they wanted to do. You know, let's bring it, let's ground it back in reality a little bit. Now, from here on, it'll probably start following that same track of less believable, less believable, if they want to continue doing it. And I'm sure they do. True. Um, yeah. But yeah, as far as this one's concerned, I give it a solid three. And you never know with subsequent viewings, I might bump it up a little bit. But right now, I'm sitting on a three. I enjoyed it. Um, I would recommend it if you like these type of movies. If you like Michael Myers movies, you know Halloween slashers, whatever. If you like those type of movies, you'll enjoy it. But yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think there's Halloween, there's Halloween two, and then there's this one, and then there's the rest and whatever particular order you want to put them in. That's just where I fall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that too as far as placement of it. Yep. Um, so, was there anything else uh, you guys wanted to add about this movie before we close the close the book on it? Yeah, I would say if you give it more than one viewing, give it more than one chance, like I did. And uh, if you don't like it at first, might open up. <laughs> try and try again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so for our next episode, episode seven of the All-American Spook Show, we are going to watch another 80s classic. Uh, this one is from 1987. It, it, is, it is entitled Street Trash. Um, I will give you the... Sorry, yes. I will give you the IMD, 
B synopsis. It's very brief. Um, this is probably all you need to know about it. A liquor store owner sells alcoholic beverages to homeless people unaware of what the bottles actually contain. Toxic brew. So <laughs> that'll be the next movie. So, you know, if you've listened to it all the way through and that's what we're uh, going to be watching next time. So make sure you go. If you haven't seen it before, go see it. If you've seen it 10 times, go watch it again. You know, so it'll be fresh for you can listen to our discussion on it. So, uh, I guess that's it for this episode, guys. I think we've said enough. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> do, it, do it again next time. Yep, and, uh, yep. Street Trash uh, is an awesome movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess for uh, for Will and for Smoke, I'm Josh, and that is the All-American Spook Show. See you later.